So we just went into, you know, some of the college football slate from this past weekend, you know, some of the upcoming games for this upcoming weekend. But, boys, what's upcoming this Thursday? We got the Buffalo Bills and the Los Angeles Rams Thursday night football. The season opener is upon us. Finally, we could say football is back. And I'm ready to go. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with that. I mean, the Bills are just everything I want in a football team. Except I chose the Giants like an idiot to be a fan of. Um, yeah, you you certainly have gone to the dark side. I, I can tell you that from what speaking from ex- experience. <laughs> what a mistake that was! But yeah, yeah, I love I mean, Brian Dable. Yeah, my Rangers. He needed. It. I needed. It. I couldn't not. But uh, I mean, the combo of Josh Allen to Diggs is what gets what gets me going in the morning. To be honest, I love that combo. All right, so we have Bills Rams this Thursday. What are your predictions? So I'm going to predict this. I like the Buffalo Bills in this game for a couple of reasons. Buffalo, I'm going to spoil this now. We're going to get you know we're going to get later into who we think is going to win the Super Bowl and stuff. Buffalo is my pick for this year. I'm just going to say that right now. I'm going to get it over with. We'll get into more of our predictions later on in the show, but. I love this Buffalo team. Last year, easily could have been in the Super Bowl if not, you know, if they had played better defense in the last 13 seconds against the Kansas City Chiefs. But everything about that team, as Grayson said, is just phenomenal. Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs. We saw the emergence of Gabriel Davis. They now have Von Miller coming in from the Rams, nonetheless. I mean, it's a big opportunity for the Bills to be the Super Bowl, you know, pick that they, you know, we thought they would be these last couple of seasons. Now they go into Los Angeles, and I'm sure there will be a lot more Buffalo fans in the stadium than the actual Rams fans itself. Um, and especially on top of that, Matt Stafford is, you know, they're saying he's got an elbow issue. He, they're saying he's going to be okay, but it's a little bit concerning to me, especially when you got a team like Buffalo coming into town. I do like the Bills at the end of the day, and I truly think that. It's going to be a great season to be a Buffalo Bill fan. Yeah, I mean, Bill's Mafia travels. I mean, they are the college football fan of the NFL. They are psychotic. These people go through tables like it's nothing. That defense is full of just dogs. They're going to dominate this team. I think the Rams are a good football team. But I think that they got nothing. They're not even going to stay close in this game. Okay, so it sounds like we're all in unison. Everyone here has taken Buffalo. Uh, Nick said about Buffalo being his Super Bowl pick. I guess we'll get into that later. We'll take a look at everything else. But uh, moving on from Bills, Rams, I guess we'll take a look at your Giants versus the Tennessee Titans. <laughs> oh, it's always a fun time when you talk about the New York football Giants. Here's what I'm going to say. I have optimism that they'll be a little bit better than last season. I do like Brian Dable coming over from Buffalo. Mike Kafka is going to be calling the plays. From what I saw in the preseason, they looked pretty good. Now, credit, that doesn't mean anything. The preseason does not really mean that much when it comes to, you know, records going into the season. We've seen that is evident from years past. Now, my issue with this game, they're facing the Titans. And they're facing a healthy Derrick Henry. I am not confident that they're going to be able to stop Derrick Henry at the end of the day. 
I think, however, this will be a close game. But I think the Titans are going to win on a last-second field goal. I'd say around, I'd say twenty to seventeen. Tough way yeah. to start the season, but uh, it's like I said, very optimistic about the Giants this year. You think that the Giants could put up seventeen points? I don't know what you've been watching. I mean, that offense is abysmal. Plus, I mean, I like their defense. I think the Giants have potential to be a really good defense at some point. I just think right now it's going to be impossible for them to stop Derrick Henry. I'd really like to see what uh, Traylon Burks does on the outside. I mean, I, I mean, I understand it's Ryan Tannehill, a quarterback, but only 20 points against a team that's been a bottom feeder for the last, what, four years, five years? I mean, I think this is, at the minimum, a 21-point blowout. Yeah, talking about Derrick Henry, I think he might score 18 points himself. He might go for 200 yards and, you know, three touchdowns. We, you know, we there's been talks about this Giants defense is good. You've got a lot of pieces, you know, a lot of important pieces taken, you know, in the offseason. But at the end of the day, it's Derrick Henry. There's, I, I don't think there's a scheme that could stop him when he's fully healthy. Now, it's going to be a big question, you know, how's his recovery going? Is he 100%? Is he ready to go? You know, that's going to be, you know, we're going to have to wait and see on that. But I think if Derrick Henry fully healthy like he was, you know, two years ago, he's just going to run all of that defense. You're not going to be able to stop him. Well, you got to remember, before Derrick Henry got hurt last season, he was on pace to potentially be the MVP of the of the league. He was having that good of a season. He was just unbelievable. But the injury, you know, ended his season basically. He did come back in the playoffs against the Cincinnati Bengals. They held him in check for the most part. But for the Giants to win this game, it's going to be simple. If you stop Derrick Henry and you force Ryan Tannehill to throw, they they have a good secondary for some part. Not going to say the whole secondary is good. Guys like Xavier McKinney, Adoree Jackson, big play Darnay Holmes, they have those pieces that I think for the future will be good. But for, as of right now, they're not there yet. I do, like I said, have hope that they're building on something for the future just going to take a couple of years to get to where they need to be. Sticking with New York sports, let's talk about the Jets taking on the Baltimore Ravens. Well, I'm going to be there at the stadium this Sunday to watch this game. Now, there's reports that Zach Wilson could be back for this game, which would be huge for the Jets. But if he does not play, it is going to be the revenge game for Mr. Joe Flacco who Andrew Johnson would say is an elite quarterback and it has a huge opportunity to get a win against his former team. Lamar Jackson, you know, does not have Hollywood Brown anymore. So he, you know, is now limited another wide receiver. So it's going to be very interesting to see. Remember, Baltimore could have easily won the AFC North last year had they not been so hurt, you know, throughout the whole season with all these injuries. I think the Ravens will be a lot better this season. I'm going to take them to win, but I could very much well see the Jets winning this game. I think it's going to be a lot closer than people think. Now, I have a couple of uh, statements to make about the New York Jets. I am not a New York Jets fan. However, I think this could be upset alert uh, for a couple of things. I don't think they should rush Zach Wilson out back in. You know, it's a serious injury. You don't really want to rush him back. Obviously, it's not an ACL tear or an MCL tear, but, you know, you don't want to add insult to injury. You don't want to go, you know, push him if he's not 100%, especially this early in the season. 
this could be the Joe Flacco revenge game right here. He gets to show off you know, to the Ravens what they're missing out on. Is it going to happen? Probably not. Uh, but one thing we have to look at is uh, Nick touched upon this about the Ravens offense. They did lose the top receiver this offseason, and the Jets have Sauce Gardner now. So if, if Sauce Gardner is as good as advertised, he's going to give Lamar Jackson, Jackson fits all day long. It's not going to be very pretty. So if a couple of things, it has to kind of go almost like a perfect scenario. You can definitely see for Jets walking off of victory here. Would I pick them to win or would I bet on them? Absolutely not, but it's definitely possible. Oh, you're not betting on them? I'm riding the Jets heavy, baby. We're all gas, no brakes. This team is going to surprise <laughs> people. I keep trying. They got the MILF man himself. This guy was banging his mom's best friend. I can't not bet on the man. He's a savage. He's got that dog in him. This defense has nothing but extreme potential. And they are facing Lamar Jackson, who has only managers to throw the damn ball to. Or he's just going to run it because he's a normal running back as it is. I think this has potential. Not does that. I would borderline guarantee the Jets at the minimum cover in this game. I think that's fair. I mean, like I like you said, the Jets have a lot of good potential on that defense. You know, the defensive line with Quinta Williams, Sean Franklin Myers. They have Sauce Gardner now, as Johnson brought up earlier. They have good defensive units, and let's not discredit their offense. You know, you might have Joe Flacco sorry, but now a new running back in Brees Hall, a new top 10 receiver in Garrett Wilson. Elijah Moore, we saw, you know, flashes of him being an excellent wide receiver for this team. Corey Davis is still not a bad wide receiver. They still have some offensive pieces on that team. It's really going to come down to can Zach Wilson get back in time to play this game? And if not, how long is it going to take? Because I think that will truly determine how the Jets are going to be this season. Now we have two interesting stories here. One's a feel-good story in Russ Wilson returning to Seattle for Monday Night Football. And a not-so-feel-good story about Baker Mayfield taking on Cleveland this uh, this weekend. What do you guys want to jump into first? Oh, I'm on that Baker train, baby. I've been <laughs> on Baker since he left college. I hated him in Oklahoma, mostly because I'm a West Virginia fan and he constantly killed us. But that's beside the point. This man has been underappreciated and has been nothing but forced through abuse. He has had subpar receivers. Odell was good, but Odell has a shitty attitude. I mean, I think if CMC stays healthy, which <laughs> let's let's all say that as a joke, because he's going to get hurt at some point this season. If they stay healthy, they have potential to compete for a wild card spot. And Cleveland is without their two hundred and what forty million dollar quarterback. I mean, who's starting? Jacoby Brissett. Come Correct. on, a Jacoby Brissett with what? What receivers? They got nothing left. Well, I don't know about that. Remember, they got Amari Cooper in the off season. So that's Amari a that was Cooper's a, huge a bum. Up- Amari Cooper is a very good wide receiver. He's if you saw bum. him on the Cowboys, he was absolutely a big reason why you know they were winning the FCs. Credit that division is not good, but he's still a big reason why they were in position to win. Now, you talk about how Baker Mayfield, you know, 
doesn't have wide receivers. He's going to have one now with DJ Moore, who I think is also an underappreciated wide receiver. Really hasn't been able to show off his talents because he hasn't had a quarterback. He had Sam Darnold off last season. Well, for some of the season, he also had PJ Walker. So he hasn't really had a chance to show off the talent that, you know, I think he could be. Now, he goes into this game against a Browns defense that is probably one of the best defenses in the NFL. He might face Denzel Ward at some points in this game, which is going to be a very tough matchup for him to face. But I think you're right in the fact of this is a revenge game for Baker Mayfield. The Browns are most likely going to run the football. In my opinion, they're going to have to give it to Nick Chubb. They'll have to game manage it with Jacoby Brissett. You know, probably see some dump offs to Kareem Hunt. I think the Panthers are going to come out with the win, but it's going to probably be also on a last second field goal. It's going to be a very close game. But for Baker, it's going to be a feel-good story when he comes out with the W. Taking a last-minute field goal to beat his former team, the Cleveland Browns, that'd be quite interesting Interesting to see. Uh, Jacoby Brissett is not a bad quarterback, but he's not a good quarterback. I would say he is a Kirk Cousins-type quarterback. Now, when I say Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback. But what I mean by Kirk Cousins-type quarterback is he will be a good game manager for you. He's not really going to turn the ball over will be very solid for you. He's not going to throw any deep passes. Um, but I think with all the talent that Cleveland has on their side versus the struggling Panthers, I still can't see I still can't see the Panthers upsetting Cleveland, even though they have a lot of things going for them. It could be the Baker revenge game. For all we know, Baker could throw for five touchdowns. They could still lose this game. I don't know if, uh, if Cleveland's going to have that kind of firepower without Deshaun Watson yet, but I guess that's a uh, sight to see. I think the best comparison for Jacoby Brissett, in my opinion, is Alex Smith, a guy that, you know, can manage the clock. He'll get you down the field, make some dump off passes, and will get you in position to either score a touchdown or get a field goal most of the time. I think that's who Jacoby Brissett's ceiling is. And I think the Browns, a lot of people don't think they're going to be this good throughout the first 11 games without Deshaun Watson. I still think they'll be contending for a playoff spot just because, as you said, Jacoby Brissett isn't that bad. He could still get the Browns to wins. The question is, how will they go about it with Nick Chubb? Will they give him the ball like a Derrick Henry type of team, like with the Titans? Will they, you know, try to dump it off to Kareem Hunt for a couple of receptions? How big is that defense going to be? Because at times last season, they looked great, but at sometimes they were not that, you know, they were not really that good. The Browns defense is going to be really imperative of how they play this season, in my opinion. I do not ap- appreciate the disrespect to Captain Kirk. I really don't. This is <laughs> this is outrageous. Did you just compare Captain Kirk to Jacoby Brissett? Are you on crack? Like, Kirk Cousins is out there just slinging the ball around. I don't think Jacoby Brissett could sling it anywhere close to what Kirk can. Now, I did not. I, I said Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback, but that arch, that Kirk Cousins archetype. I think Alex Smith is a better comparison, but uh, Kirk Cousins isn't going to win MVP anytime soon. He's not going to. Uh, he's not going to really, you know, take the league by storm unless he has a major, major. I you know. I fully disagree with that. This year. Uh, I disagree take, with that. If you could take Kirk Cousins for MVP, then uh, you know what? No. You'll be a very rich man. Take that ticket straight from the sports book <laughs> right now. It's probably at 10,000 to one odds right now. I di- you're saying he can't be MVP material. I think that guy can. I think he knows the his offensive coordinators aren't stupid. He has one of the best running backs in the league, in the world. Dalvin Cook is an absolute stud. Like, Well, remember, remember this, Grayson. 
the Vikings' new head coach is Kevin O'Connell, who last season we saw him do wondrous things with Cooper Cup. And now you have Justin Jefferson. You're right. Kirk Cousins could have very much well be an MVP candidate this season if all goes right. Remember, the Vikings' O-line is still a lot, very shaky, to say the least. And sometimes Dalvin Cook will get injured. So as long as Dalvin Cook can have a healthy season, I think that's going to be imperative of how the Vikings do. But maybe have maybe you spoiled your pick. Maybe that's who you're picking for MVP this season. Absolutely. I don't know. But <laughs> I'm, I'm I mean, it sounded like it. I'm going to put that out there. Absolutely not. I like him. I think he has potential. I'm not going to say the fact that he got compared to Jacoby Brissett. I just I couldn't. I had to I had to show some respect for my man's. Speaking of quarterbacks that have never won MVP, let's talk about Russell Wilson returning to Seattle for Monday Night Football. Well, you want to talk about respect. That's a guy that needs some respect. Russell Wilson, Broncos country, let's ride. ride. He's going back to Seattle for Monday Night Football. A great, I got to give the NFL credit. That is a great Monday Night Football game to start off. However, this game is not going to be pretty. The Broncos are going to be riding into Seattle, and I think they're going to absolutely annihilate the Seahawks this weekend. Seattle has nothing going for them. Geno Smith is starting a quarterback this week. Don't think they're going to – in my opinion, they might have one of the worst offenses in football. You know, they have an O-line that is not very good at at all. Rashad Penny is not a bad running back per se, and they have good wide receivers. But when you go from Russell Wilson to Geno Smith at quarterback – it's a very big downgrade, and you saw last year as Seattle played, they just were they were just not the same team without Russell Wilson. I expect Broncos go into this game, annihilate them, and I could see a very big game out of Jerry Judy at the end of the day. Well, you just stole my whole talking point. Jerry Judy is, in my opinion, one of the best route runners in the whole sport. That man could run routes, and I could watch it all day. He's got good hands. He reads the field great. Plus, they have KJ Hamler, Cortland Sutton. I mean, that offense is kind of dirty, if we're going to be honest. I mean, if Don't Russell Wilson, Javante Williams. Look, I got a lot of stock in Javante Williams. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I thought that was a given. But <laughs> uh, look, this isn't even a game. They are. It's a good that they put them on Monday Night Football, but it's also a waste because the after about I don't know, maybe midway through the second quarter, I think half the country is going to turn this game off. All right, so it sounds like everyone here is riding with the Broncos. They're going to go into Seattle. They're going to absolutely destroy Seattle. Doesn't sound like they have a chance at all. Now, how do you think star wideouts DK Metcalf? Uh, Tyler Lockett are going to be doing without Russell Wilson. Do you think Russ made them would have having any talent on their own? That's going to be a very interesting question. I think a lot of fantasy right now are looking for. I'll answer that question right now. As a West Virginia fan, I love Geno Smith, but that's not good. DK is going to be out. DK is requesting a trade after the season. I'll bet you borderline anything. Lockett is going to take a hair. Lockett can't do anything unless it's a long ball. So that's going to hurt him. I mean, I well, think let's, that let's not forget. Remember, DK Metcalf started the season. He was one of the best receivers in the game, and then Russell Wilson goes down, and his stock just dropped. Coming from experience of having DK Metcalf a fantasy last season, I there were weeks I didn't want to start DK because there was just nothing to do. He was not getting the ball as much because Geno Smith was throwing him the football, and that's why you see DK Metcalf falling in draft you know draft boards most of the time this you know for this upcoming season. 
It's just not a good look for the Seahawks right now. And I think you're right. I think either he, I don't even think it towards the end of the season. I think if the Seahawks are in a position where they're going to be losing again, they're going to keep rebuilding. They might trade him before the trade deadline at some point, get another first round pick. There were talks about, you know, the Jets trading them number 10 last season to get DK Metcalf. Ended up taking Gary Wilson. I could very much well see the Seahawks at some point during the season trading DK just to get more draft picks. Yeah, I'd probably agree with you there. Now, going into the next game, and I know Andrew Johnson is going to want to talk about this one. Patriots are in Miami, and, you know, we've always seen how it's gone for the Patriots in Miami. It's not been the best of times, despite the good weather that you get there. So my question is, Johnson, based off of how good the Patriots were last season, a playoff spot, you know, credit did not work out in the end against Buffalo Bills. You're going into Miami. The Dolphins look like a very good team this season, depending on how Tua Tagovailoa plays. They have a whole new, you know, offensive line. Now a star wide receiver and Tyree Kill to pair up with Jalen Waddle. How do you think the Patriots are going to do this upcoming Sunday against Miami? Well, I'm going to say a couple things. Um, the first being that the Patriots probably are going to lose, not because of a worse team or anything like that, just because it's Miami. The Patriots do not win in Miami. It's very similar to like how St. John's basketball does not win in Georgetown. Uh, it's <laughs> St. John's just, it basketball just wins happen. in general? Uh, we're is. not going to talk about this right now. We're going to go into that maybe later in the season. We can talk Give about it a couple months. Give it a couple months. Give it, a couple months. Give it... it was too easy. Yeah, easy, just like the time well, West, last time West Virginia played St. John's in the Garden. Nice and easy for Johnny's. Anyway, going back, we still made the tournament that year. You didn't. We'll get, we'll get, we'll get to that a couple months. Uh, now. The tournament was actually canceled that year. Uh, no, I'm sorry, they were going to be a two oh, seed. Nobody made the tournament. Sorry, they were projected two seed. Sorry. Close anyway, count. we're going to talk about the Patriots versus Dolphins. Mac Jones, looking like a great quarterback, still has absolute homeless men masquerading as wide receivers. Uh, you brought in Devontae Parker in the offseason. Uh, sure, that's great. I mean, you got Hunter Henry, the safety blanket. Uh, I mean, that, that's fine, too. But, you know, going into Miami, I, I just don't see much. I mean, I think the Patriots could have a perfect game where they could be up like a lot. You know, you, you talk about the Miami miracle where pretty much the Patriots dominate the entire game and then, you know, Rob Gronkowski forgot how to run, and uh, <laughs> they ended up losing the game in Miami. I remember being on a ferry boat and just getting that. Yep. Was like, oh, it looks like they're going to win. Then all of a sudden, you know, with two seconds left, they end up winning. Um, Patriots for the rest of the season, I think, will be fine. They're going to lose in Miami. I, I don't have a score for you, but uh, it's going to be an ugly game. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest here. If Miami doesn't win this game, two, it should be, you know, launched into the moon. I mean, he's got weapons up the yin yang. I mean, like this guy, if he can't win now, he's never winning. He'll be a he honestly might end up at the in the Canadian Football League after the season, and I wouldn't be surprised because the guy sucks. I will say Tua is playing for a job this year. He has the weapons around him. He's got Tyreek Hill. He has Jalen Waddle. Uh, it's a very good one-two punch. He's got a decent tight end in Mike Kosicki. Two is playing for a job. Uh, now, the Dolphins could go 7-10. and 10. I mean, if Tua puts up good offensive stats, if he runs the offensive set, the defense, that stinks. Then, you know, Tua has a job. But Tua is definitely paying, uh, playing for his job this season. Well, speaking of, 
you know, playing for their jobs. Mike McCarthy very much well could be coaching his last season in Dallas. And he's got a big game coming up this Sunday night facing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Sunday night football. Second straight season that they're going to meet an opening week. Last year, obviously, was the season opener in Tampa. Close game at, towards the end. Tampa Bay came out with the win. This time around, they're going to be in Dallas with what should be, a, in my opinion, will be a highly offensive game. So whoever wants to take the first stab at this one, go right ahead. Uh, yeah, I'm going to take a stab at this. Uh, Tom Brady is immortal. Um, he'll retire <laughs> whenever he wants to. He could be 55 years old. He'll still be playing football. Um, as long as, you know, I think he'll honestly, if Giselle wants him to retire this year, he might, if he doesn't want to retire, he might divorce uh, Giselle. Uh, you know, people are saying, you know, this fears of him being on the mass Singer. If this dude turns out he was on the mass Singer during training camp, he's probably still going to put 5,500 yards and 40 touchdowns. I mean, there's really nothing he can do. He's going to destroy the Cowboys defense. It doesn't matter whether this game's played in Dallas or whether it's played in Tampa Bay. It can be played, you know, on the moon. Tom Brady's going to destroy the Cowboys. Yeah, I'd probably agree with you there. <laughs> I would almost agree with everything there except for him, you know, divorcing his wife. I think everything you said is very accurate. I think this Cowboys team is probably the worst it's been in a while, in my personal opinion. Um, I mean, their so-called God running back, Zeke, is probably going to be, you know, not even starting by week five. Because I think Tony Pollard's going to end up taking the majority of the carries away from him. Well, touches. I don't know about carries, but uh, you know, th- this isn't really much. Uh, I'm taking the Bucks. I'll probably take them minus the points. Yeah, I will they- say this: it was a close game last year in Tampa. Dallas, you're right, did have more of their offensive weapons last season. Obviously, you know they made the controversial trade of traded Mari Cooper. Cleveland, people were very upset about, you know, what they got back in return. You also lost Cedric Wilson, who was a very underrated wide receiver to the Miami Dolphins. Now you're going into this off, you know, going to the offseason. They didn't really make any big moves. They actually lost Tyron Smith this just past week. Now they have Jason Peters now on left tackle. It's going to be a weird year for the Dallas Cowboys. I do have the Bucks winning this game, but I think it's going to be closer than we all think it's going to be just because the Cowboys still have guys like CeeDee Lamb and Pollard, and, you know, they're hoping Michael Gallup maybe could play. I don't think he will play, but Dak will put them in a position to stay, you know, competitive. I just think at the end of the day, Tom Brady is just Tom Brady. They're going to come out with the win no matter what, but it will be a closer game than I think a lot of people think it's going to be. 